This is the To The Point Podcast. Together with our ERISA attorney, we'll explore key Affordable Care Act and trending compliance topics, all in 15 minutes or less. Now here's our host, Sarah Gillespie. Hello, thank you for joining us for another To The Point Podcast. This is Sarah Gillespie. I'm the Compliance Director with Lipscomb Pitts in Memphis, Tennessee. Our goal with these podcasts is to share various employee benefits, compliance, hot topics to hopefully help you better understand them. And today we want to discuss a very hot topic currently, the COBRA subsidies under ARPA. And of course, to give us all the answers we are looking for, I have Stacey Barrow, our risk attorney here with me. Hey, Stacey, how are you today? I'm good, Sarah. Thanks. So the American Rescue Plan Act, known as ARPA, was signed into law last month, March, and among the most notable items included was a 100% subsidy for COBRA premiums related to employer-sponsored group health insurance. The subsidy will cover the full cost of COBRA or mini COBRA state continuation premiums, including the additional 2% admin fee from April 1st through September 30th, 2021. And this is for employees and their qualifying family members if the employee lost or loses group health insurance due to an involuntary job loss or reduction in work hours. There's so many things to talk about and discuss with this that we'll just dive right in. So Stacey, first of all, let's just explain to which employers this is applicable. Um, So it applies to any employer that's subject to COBRA, um, either through ERISA or the Internal Revenue Code or the Public Health Service Act. So it's basically any employer with 20 or more employees that offers a group health plan. It includes employers with fully insured plans, self-insured plans. It includes uh, multi-employer plans, union pl- which are union plans. Uh, it also includes state and local governmental plans um, that you know they are subject to COBRA through the Public Health Service Act. Um, and then even if your plan is not subject to federal COBRA, but it's subject to state continuation, um, you know, in the in the event of state mini COBRA, um, then it also applies to the insurance carrier um, offering uh, the insurance product. And I do just want to pause and highlight that because we're in Memphis and we're kind of in a tri-state area with Arkansas, Mississippi, and uh, West Tennessee. And all three of those states do have some kind of state continuation law. So that means that, you know, if you're an employer who's thinking this doesn't apply to me, It very well does. And so let us help you if you have any questions on that. Um, Okay, so moving on, who is considered an assistance eligible individual? That's their word that kind of was thrown around when they wrote this law, I guess, AEI. Right. That's the new that's the new term is AEI. Um, and it is someone who had a reduction in hours, whether it's voluntary or involuntary, or experienced an involuntary termination of employment and would be eligible for COBRA during the subsidy period, which is April 1st through September 30th. Um, so not only does it apply to people who are currently on COBRA, it also applies to anyone in their election period, which is basically anyone terminated in 2020 in large part because of those Department of Labor extensions that we've talked about on other podcasts. But then even a broader group is that anyone um, who could be um, a qualified beneficiary, but they never enrolled or their COBRA lapsed. So really, if you 
capture people who are whose cobra started on or after november 1st of 2019 their first uh, or their last month of cobra would be april of 2021 and so they would get one month of subsidy so if you're if you're looking to um well, if you if you go back to say November or October first of twenty nineteen and capture anyone who's terminated on or after that date, then if your coverage goes through the end of the month in which employment terminates, that's often the case. Then um, you know someone would still have one month of Cobra in April of twenty nineteen, and they would have a right to the subsidy. So going back that far, um, make sure that um, you capture everybody. Um, the individual is no longer assistance eligible once they become eligible for other group health plan coverage or Medicare. Um, and this would include coverage under a spouse's plan. Um, and so I, I think a lot of this will fall to employees to recognize that they may be eligible under a spouse's plan. It might not occur to many employees out there who are past their 30-day typical enrollment window for group health plan coverage if they, you know, if their spouse loses their job or they lose other coverage. Those that 30-day window has never ended. Um, it's uh, you know, we have those Department of Labor extensions. People are basically going to have a year um, or until the national emergency ends of earlier to enroll their um, spouses or themselves after um, a loss of other coverage. So, you know, someone who terminated employment back in December. Um, and let's say they terminated employment back in December, they lost their group health coverage, then their spouse works for a company and, and she's on their plan, um, but they haven't bothered enrolling the employee yet, the, the former employee, they can still enroll at any time under the HIPAA special enrollment rules, because their 30 day window has been extended. So that's I think a good example of someone who really shouldn't be eligible for the subsidy because they are eligible to enroll in their spouse's plan. They might not know it because they're outside of the 30 day window, but um, you know, theoretically they would not be eligible for a subsidy. And so just talking a little bit more about that. So there is a penalty should an employee not let their employer know about this, but it is on the honor system, right? It, it is. We don't know exactly how the IRS will enforce the penalties, but employees do have some responsibility as well. They're required to inform the plan when they're no longer eligible for a subsidy, uh, for the COBRA subsidy. And if they fail to do so, they can be fined $250, which can be waived due um, if the failure is due to reasonable cause. But if the failure is willful, the IRS will be able to penalize the assistance eligible individual up to 110% of the amount of the assistance received. So it does give the, the employees, I think, some impotence, impetus to um, stop getting the subsidy when they're no longer eligible. But again, if someone doesn't realize they could have enrolled in a spouse's plan, then they're probably likely to get that penalty waived. <laughs> 
Okay. I want to talk about a couple other things before we move on from this category. Gross misconduct. You know, I think employers have a misunderstanding of what truly would qualify as gross misconduct. So under regular COBRA rules, if someone is terminated for what's considered gross misconduct, COBRA does not have to be extended. And so I've actually had a couple of people say, well, this is why this person was terminated. Therefore, we won't have to offer them the COBRA subsidy. So can you explain what that is and why it's kind of hard to work with? Sure. So under COBRA, um, there's the concept of gross misconduct, where when a typical qualifying event occurs, um, say termination of employment is the typical one. Um, If the reason that the employee is being terminated is for gross misconduct and COBRA is going to be denied at the time of termination and the employee is told, you know, the the reason you're being terminated is for gross misconduct, we're denying you COBRA, um, then you wouldn't have to offer the subsidy to the employee because they were, um, you know, reasonably denied COBRA back at the time of the qualifying event. But the standard for gross misconduct is very high. It's not just violating a policy um, or having an argument with someone or, you know, drug use on campus necessarily. I mean, it has to really be um, something that is particularly shocking or is um, kind of... you know, acting really counter to the employer's interests, um, you know, stealing a trade secret maybe and giving it to a competitor. Um, It's always very important to look at the case law in your area to see, um, you know, what the courts have said in your jurisdiction. um, If you're going to deny COBRA, COBRA is one of the most frequently litigated areas of employee benefits. There are a lot of COBRA cases in the courts and, you know, um, there's a lot of case law on gross misconduct, but we always, always recommend consulting with counsel before you deny COBRA due to gross misconduct. Um, it's extremely fact sensitive and um, you know, when in doubt, you should likely just offer COBRA. And for sure, if you didn't deny COBRA at the time that the person was terminated, you can't deny COBRA now um, for gross misconduct just because they're eligible for a subsidy that you would be, I think, playing with fire um, in, in that situation. Okay, so definitely a tricky one. Um, Okay, let's also talk about what happens if open enrollment occurs during the subsidy period, and maybe someone elected uh, COBRA, whether it was they were already on COBRA or as of April 1st, they elected, you know, just medical or something like that and just themselves. Well, what do they now have because open enrollment happens, say, June 1st? Yeah, I mean, if they're on COBRA, they would have the rights, same rights as any other similarly situated um, employee, active employee, just like traditional COBRA. And I think employers don't, they either don't know or they have totally missed that. That if someone say like what I had given as an example, employee only elected medical coverage and then open enrollment happens June 1st, they could enroll in dental, they could enroll in vision, they could bring their full family on board. And so if they do that, the free subsidy has to be extended to all of that as well through the end of September, correct? Um, perhaps. It depends if they're if they're truly qualified beneficiaries or not. They might be able to be added, but they might not be AEIs. Okay. They might not be QBs. So okay. 
All right, just something to consider. So if you've got questions on that, please reach out to us and we're happy to help. Okay, well, let's move on. So how long does the subsidy apply? We kind of talked about April through September, but how does it impact an individual's COBRA timeline? So the subsidy itself shouldn't impact someone's maximum COBRA duration. You know, the, the subsidy, if your COBRA was going to expire in June, um, just because, you know, if the subsidy is still out there, um, your COBRA, unfortunately, would still end at the end of June, doesn't extend the 18 months. Um, you know, we we think that if someone had a disability extension and it was in the um, term, it was a termination due to um, involuntary term or reduction in hours, that could probably also include the disability extension. But generally, it's going to be 18 months um, is the maximum duration. So the subsidy will end upon the first to occur of you know, reaching September 30th, the 18 month COBRA duration, or becoming eligible for other group health plan coverage or Medicare. Okay, and so since this also applies to state continuation in Tennessee, for example, which is where we are, state continuation is three is three months. So if that's the case, then um, someone say was eligible April 1st, they wouldn't get coverage past April, May, June, right? Like they're just because the subsidy is allowed for six months, it ends June 30th. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So talk to us about the election timeline. Like how quickly does the employee have to respond? Um, how, you know, what's the timeline for employers to get these out? All of that. Sure. So um, for purposes of the COBRA subsidy, we're kind of back to the traditional COBRA election timeframes. Um, employees have 60 days from the date they are sent the notice to go and, um, you know, elect COBRA or confirm their eligibility for the subsidy. Um, employers technically have until May 31st to get notices out and notices are available now, the model notices. I think we're probably a couple of days, if not maybe a week or so um, away from getting the, hopefully the last bit of IRS guidance we're waiting for. I don't know that you necessarily need to get them out this week. I think, you know, we'll maybe talk about it. There still are some outstanding questions um, that we're hoping the IRS will clear up, but I would, I would start getting things ready, you know, get, you know, your list of AEIs together, figure out who was terminated and voluntarily versus voluntarily. Um, and, uh, figure out which notices you need. Um, and then you'll be ready once all the, the final questions are wrapped up. Um, but so there, there are a couple of different notices. Um, there's the general notice that will be for people who term on or after April 1st of 2021. And then there's also the second, um, called the second bite of the apple notice, um, the notice of extended election period. If someone isn't currently on COBRA, but they could be an AEI, then you send them this notice, they elect COBRA, they send back the AEI certification. Um, one, one note on the forms 
and then we'll I'll move on. But there, in the, within the model forms, there you know there's the general notice, there's the notice of ex, uh, extended election period, but there's an attachment you have to include with each of those notices, and that's the summary piece that contains within it the form AEIs use to certify their eligibility for the subsidy. So it's not just the election notice and the notice of extended um, election period, um, but it's also the um, summary of the COBRA premium assistance provisions uh, piece that you need to include as well. You attach that to the model general notice and the notice of the extended election period. Okay. And so let's talk about the premium. We talked about the fact and that, well, in the very beginning, I said, you know, it's a hundred percent of the cost of coverage, including the 2% admin fee, but who is paying this? And we know there's a tax credit involved, but how does that work? So um, in the short term, the employer is paying for it, but in the long term, the federal government is paying for it. Um, the employer will outlay the funds. The employer, you know, once someone verifies their eligibility for the subsidy, the employer has to pay the insurance company. And then on the back end, the employer will file for a tax credit. It'll be a tax credit against the employer's Medicare payroll tax liability, which is 1.45% of payroll. So it won't be a significant amount of your payroll that you'll be able to offset against the COBRA premiums, um, but the credit is advanceable and refundable. So you don't have to wait to accrue that kind of payroll tax liability. If you have a lot of people on subsidy, you'll be able to get the credit advanced to you. The way we think it's going to work, and this is another area we're waiting for IRS guidance on, we think that you'll be using form 941, the quarterly um, you know, tax form, um, if you're able to wait for the credits. But if you're looking for the advanced credits, then um, we think it'll be form 7200, which is the same form that's currently used for the FICRA credits. Um, this time around, uh, um, the COBRA subsidy, like the credits for the FIC relief that we'll talk about. It's only against the Medicare payroll tax liability. And that's a, a unique function of the fact that the plan was passed in reconciliation, or the, the, the ARPA um, program or uh, law was passed in reconciliation. Um, so you probably were aware that it passed with that 50-50 vote with the vice president um, casting the tie-breaking vote. When you have a law that is passed in reconciliation, it can't impact Social Security. And so that's why, you know, the tax credit is not against Social Security. It's just against the Medicare um, portion of the, the your payroll taxes. Interesting tidbit there. Um, I think there'll be at least one more opportunity for the Democrats to pass a bill in reconciliation um, this year. So, uh, or, or before, at least before midterm elections. So we'll see, you know, another 50-50 um, vote likely uh, to occur later this year. Well, that was definitely an interesting tidbit. I didn't know that part. Um, okay, a lot of our employer groups have COBRA vendors, but what steps would you suggest an employer take if they don't have a COBRA vendor? If they have been doing this on their own and they're so overwhelmed, where should they start and what do you think they should do? Um, well, 
I, I would just, just so I don't forget, um, I think it is a good idea to have a COBRA vendor. And one reason, aside from taking the administrative burden off of the company and off of HR, is that the COBRA vendor has really good record keeping and, and it's their business model, right? And so they're keeping things like the envelopes and copies of letters and scans of everything. And it's just, it's super helpful when you have a really good COBRA vendor, when something goes to litigation and they have copies of everything. They have like a copy of the stamped envelope that went out. Um, so just for that reason alone, I think it is a, a good idea to have a Cobra vendor. Um, but anyway, so you don't have a Cobra vendor. Um, <laughs> what should you do? Like, you know, identify employees terminated on or after October of 2019, um, like we talked about, try to figure out um, who is eligible, right, based on the reason for their termination, voluntary versus involuntary. Um, also include people who had their hours reduced and had a COBRA event based on the reduction in hours, depending on your company, that may not be very many people. Um, and then get the notices out, um, you know, figure out who gets the general notice, who gets the notice of extended election period, make sure you include the summary form with the notices that you send out. Um, and then you also need to make sure that you're adequately apprising people when the subsidy is expiring. Um, you do need to notify employees between 15 and 45 days um, before their subsidy expires. Um, and there's a notice for that too. There's some exceptions if the person's becoming eligible for other group health plan coverage or Medicare, you don't need to notify them that the subsidy is ending. And it also kind of appears from a state mini COBRA standpoint that it's only the um, model general notice that needs to be sent. Um, there might be more guidance on this as well, but it doesn't appear that the second bite of the apple notice um, or the early or the termination of subsidy notice needs to be sent to the mini cobra folks um, the department of labor's guidance has not been entirely clear there but the regulated party when it comes to mini cobra is the carrier so even if the carrier has tried to obligate you as an employer to handle the carrier's mini cobra obligations uh, you know they can do that contractually but it's still the carrier's obligation they should make sure that their employer clients understand any obligations that the carrier thinks that they have under the mini cobra over laws. Um, and I would kind of check with the carriers before sending any notices out um, related to the, the COBRA subsidy for mini COBRA purposes. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. And so I know you mentioned that we'll probably hear from the IRS soon um, as to their role in, in handling some of this, but do you think that the DOL is going to be adding to the FAQ that they had issued? Because I know there's still a lot of questions that are left unanswered especially for employers, because it seems what they sent out was more employee facing. It, it does seem that way, that it's more employee facing. Um, I, I kind of think this might be it from the DOL. Maybe they'll add to their FAQs. Um, it depends how much the IRS is going to 
handle of that. Um, if if you you may not recall, but in, in, in under ARA in two thousand and nine, um, you know there was also a Cobra subsidy, and back then the Department of Labor um, hired a bunch of people to help handle the influx of calls and and questions. And I, I wonder if they're doing the same thing. It, it, it almost seems like um, they might not be, and they're trying to encourage employers through some of the guidance to um, be lenient with employees and grant the subsidies. Because under ARA, they had the in two thousand and nine, they they said they promised people that if you have a problem getting the subsidy, you know, let us know and we'll we'll respond within fifteen days. Um, and I didn't I didn't see that this time. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, so, not, it's like the Domino's promise. They're they're not making that that guarantee anymore. <laughs> oh boy. Um, Okay. Well, speaking of ARA, that one was extended, right? Beyond what it was, the timeline it was originally supposed to allow for. So what do you think the possibility is of that happening happening here? Yeah, I think you're right. I remember there were pieces of ARA that kept getting extended, like the unemployment benefits. I don't remember if it was the COBRA or not. It might've been, you're probably right. Um, I, my guess is that it will not get extended. I think we are at the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, these little um, <laughs> hiccups with Johnson and Johnson aside, um, I, I think, you know, hopefully this won't need to be extended. If if there's something like a fourth wave or a fifth wave or whatever they've been saying, then maybe it could. Um, but uh, I, I'm hoping that it's only going to be through September 30th. Well, we're going to hope for everybody's sakes that there's not a fourth wave or a fifth wave or anything like that. And we are definitely at the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, thank you so much for walking us through all of this. There's so many questions, so many things that we could talk about. We could probably go on forever with some what ifs. But anyhow, um, if you have questions and you do want some help, you can reach out to me, Sarah G, S-A-R-A-H-G at lpinsurance.com. And if I need to get with Stacy to talk about them, I can definitely do that. Thanks so much for listening and for joining us. Stacy. thank you for everything. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for having me.